Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening. And welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. My name is John. Hey, it's Dugo over here. Appreciate y'all tapping again with your head tops. We got the full team here this week, baby. This is draft week. This is one of the most important weeks of the NFL season. We're happy that you chose us to listen to. And uh, this week we want to go ahead and give you guys our final rankings on a few different positional groups. Uh, those positional groups will include wide receivers, they'll include running backs, quarterbacks, tight ends. Me and Dugo are going to give you our top end prospects in every positional ranking, every positional group uh, before this NFL draft, and we'll revisit it in a couple of weeks uh, to give you guys, you know, our final rankings on everything after players land on their teams. Just so everyone knows, we ain't going to get into the defensive rankings, though. It's no. not going to be defense. So, for... Yeah, it's not going to be all the positions. Let's get let's get that figured out quick. If you guys are listening for defense, get the fuck out of here. Like no bullshit. That, that is no bullshit. This you know who we are. It's this ain't no IDP bullshit. Uh, but yo, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, so as you guys know, we do primarily a lot of dynasty rankings. We do a lot of rookie scouting, and we've spent the last you know eight weeks or so trying to get you guys informed on a lot of our favorite prospects. You know, some of us have been actually tuned in since the start of uh, the start of this past season. You know, when hey, you everything. Know you know what? That don't mean nothing because all the tape looks the same in May. Hey, all tape does look the same in May, but there's just some things. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I thought about Josh Downs. Yeah. You know, like, that's why I'm high in him compared to, let's say, like, a Zay Flowers. Okay. Because when I was watching games early on, I was watching more North Carolina because, you know, they had Drake May, they had Zay, or, I'm sorry, they had Josh Downs, you know, they had some premier talent where I was like, oh, if I'm watching an early game, mm-hmm. it might as well be them if it's not my Wisconsin Badgers on. 100%. And that's why we're here this week. So as we give you this podcast a couple of days before the NFL draft, we want to give you somewhat finality on where we have these prospects graded. So this week we're going to be diving into wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, and quarterbacks to go ahead and let you guys know who we favor. So Dugo, this week I want to go ahead and I want to start off with these wide receivers. Speaking of Zay Flowers, speaking of Josh Downs. Hey, bro. And I know that we've kind of been going back and forth for the last few weeks as to who we like and who we don't like. Yo, do you know one thing I don't love about people talking about this wide receiver class? What don't you love? Saying that they're mid. They're not like, mid. Nah, dude. There's a lot of people I'm like, saying that's just hate. It is a lot of hate. And don't don't get me wrong. I'm player hair of the year. 2021, yeah, 2022, and 2023, and going to be running 2024. Every year after champ. that, too. Just include every year. Hey, I am the player hater champ. You play a hater of the year till infinity and beyond. 
100%. Motherfucker, you better get it right. Y'all, but, y'all. hey, this wide receiver class, I'm betting you there are going to be some motherfucking gems in this class. And even myself, I'm going to be surprised. There's some people out here that I'm going to be like, yeah, like I, I thought they were good. But were they that good? Mm-hmm. Because I think that some of these guys that we are already touting as like these high two caliber wide receivers, okay. who's to say that you know in this changing NFL in this changing dynamic that these guys can't be prominent ones? Speaking of ones, I actually had a proposal that I wanted to wait until we got on th- that I wanted to wait until we got onto the podcast to ask you. Uh, so I want to make a bet, not a crazy bet, not you know like some extravagant whatever deal, but I want to bet you. I don't know, I'll say 20 bucks on the wide receiver one for the season. And here are the rules that I propose. We both bet a prospect that we think can be wide receiver one. Okay. So you say a name, I say a name. If neither name is the wide receiver one, it's a wash. No one pays anyone. But if the other guy, or if one of the guys comes through and is the wide receiver one, then you got to pay up. I'm pretty down for that. So my proposal... Do we? I before we do anything like that though, I just wanna. I would like to wait until landing spots, just based on of, I mean, just the pure availability and like, let's say like, if JSN were to, for example, end up on the Chargers some way somehow, or the Eagles, I don't you know, like I just, I just feel like it's a lot different comparison to say like that compared to like I know you're gonna say JSN or Jordan Addison if he lands on the Giants, he's gonna have. Just a bountiful amount of opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I would just rather wait if we were to do something like that for us to wait until landing spots. So next week's episode? Yeah, we can bet on that. We can we can do it then. We if can, you guys we don't, can at least get something established. Hey, if you guys don't follow us already, hit that follow button, hit that subscribe button. Next week, me and Duke are going to be doing a $20 challenge on who the wide receiver one is going to be for this year. Uh, but speaking of wide receivers and speaking of rankings, let's get into it. Let's talk about who our top 10 guys are. My number one wide receiver is probably going to have to be Jordan Addison. That's very interesting, dog. I got J.A. because he's a three-level receiver. Okay. He can run crazy routes in the short, intermediate, and deep parts of the field. Uh, he's been consistent and producing for the last three years. He's been readily available for the last three years. And both him and J- J.S.N. are you know, relatively the same age. But Jordan Addison has had a much more productive three-year run as a wide receiver in college than JSN, but the reason JSN goes ahead of him is because of size. Okay. My number two receiver of this draft class is going to be Zay Flowers. That's whack. It's not JSN, it's Zay Flowers. My wide receiver two is going to be Zay Flowers because I also look at Zay Flowers as a three-level receiver. Easy. I look at Zay Flowers as someone who can run crazy routes in the short, intermediate, and long part of the field. I know he had some drop issues in college, and I think that that's something that can be fixed when he... Get the fucking good quarterback. Bro, his quarterback was ass in college. Hey, I will give you Quarterback was terrible. He, he didn't have a good quarterback. Quarterback was not great. At number three, guys, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have JSN as my wide receiver three from this draft class. Finally, dude. What the fuck? After Jordan Addison, after Zay Flowers, and the reason I have Jackson Smith and Jigba as my wide receiver three is because I don't see him as a three-level route runner. I don't see him as a guy who can really hit you deep who can, uh, like, run past the safety. I don't have him as a guy who can run, I guess, deep routes as an X or as a Z. I think that he's a slot receiver who has a ton of potential. I think that he's a guy who might get a shit ton of possessions. 
and those possessions could be really good for fantasy. Uh, but I have JSN as my three because I don't have him as being as explosive as other guys like a Jordan Addison or a Zay Flowers. I Our- disagree, dog. Like, I don't want to cut you off, and I hope that was the end of what you're going to say. But, like, dog, like, at the end of the day, like, the reason why I like Jas- Jackson Smith Majigba is because he, in my opinion, literally can do it all. He is the all-around wide receiver of this class. I mean, he doesn't have that top-end speed, but he has speed. He doesn't have exactly everything that you want, but guess what he does have? He has the best agility in this class. He has all the breakaway speed that you do want. And at the end of the day, his hands are fucking gold. Mm-hmm. I think JSN has the potential to be wide receiver one in this class, and I'll, I'll acknowledge that. I won't ignore it. I do know that he has that potential to be the best receiver in this draft class. And I'm telling you that I have him as my wide receiver three because all of these guys at their potential, if we're talking all these dudes hit their potential, JSN isn't the wide receiver one for me because JSN at his potential is slightly better than what we saw in 2021, right? Like we saw him in 2021 where he had Garrett Wilson and he had Chris Olave pulling coverage outside of the numbers. So he got all of the opportunity, you know what I'm saying, in the slot to cook. So, I've said this a million times over. If y'all listen to Fantasy Football with Gumball regularly, you know my beef with JSN isn't his size. It's not really even his speed, even though I do wish he was more explosive. It's more so to do with that you played three years in college and we got one good year from you. And that one good year that we got from you involved two other receivers who got drafted in the top 12 as far as the NFL draft goes. I just saw you in an offense that included Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson Pulling covers to the outside, you got to cook in the middle, and we're judging your entire college career off of that one-year anomaly. You didn't, you weren't healthy in the last year to really show me what you can do, and you couldn't separate as a freshman to show me what you can do. So those are my beefs with him. Does he have the potential to be the wide receiver one? Of course. He has great size. He's six foot. When you look at his weight, he's 196. He can easily hit that 200. As far as his speed, I mean, he ran like a four. You would estimate he's run like a four five forty. I think that's what he ran as pro day because four, he five, did five. he did run at a pro day four five five. I believe is what it was, and he had a he had an elite catch rate. He caught eighty three percent of his catches in that sophomore campaign, and for the most part throughout his career. But when I look at Jordan Addison, he's shown up every fucking year. You can discount Jordan Addison for the bad years that he might have had at USC, but at least he showed up all three years, and he gave you enough evidence in which you could even point out a bad year. You can't point out a bad year with JSN because he only played one full season. That's just me. That's my hate. Uh, but my one is Jordan Addison. My two is Zay Flowers. My three is JSN. I'm going with Josh Downs as my four. Josh Downs, as I said in last week's episode, you know, he might be Cooper Cup. Who knows? At five, I got Quentin Johnston. Six, I got Marvin Mims. Seven, Rasheed Rice. Eight, Jonathan Mingo. Nine, A.T. Perry, the route runner. Interesting. And at 10, I got my boy Jalen Hyatt. Uh, former Blitnikoff winner. That's that might hate. be a little bit of hate, that but that's hate. my rankings, man. That's what I got so far. Uh, Dugo, I want to hear more from you, though. All Who right, do you bro. have as your top 10? All right, so I'm going to start from my bottom. I'm going to start from 10, okay? Okay. So, number 10, I got Rasheed Rice out of uh, Southern Methodist State University. Or Southern Methodist University. Rasheed Rice is your 10. Okay. I got Rasheed Rice and I got Cedric Tillman. So As your wide receiver 9? Wide receiver 9. So one of my uh, Tennessee wide receivers. I love 
I love both these motherfuckers. Okay. If you guys have been on the pod, if you guys have been listening lately, or at all, you guys know that I love these Tennessee wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Number eight, I got Marvin Mims. Wow, okay, you got him at eight. I love Marvin Mims right now, dude. I have him, honestly, he's probably one of my favorite slot receivers out of this bunch. Adam at six. I, I have him at eight. I think he has a lot of upside, though. Okay. Uh, number seven, I have Jonathan Mingo. So, I have him pretty high right now. Why would you put Mingo ahead of Marvin Mims? So, I just think because, like, so one thing that you will understand as we establish our list is, at the end of the day, I value size above a lot more than a lot of other things. And the sheer fact that... What we, are those other things? So, I think that when you look at, like, all the separation and stuff like that that you can see, like, at a college level, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of diminished at NFL. But one thing that doesn't get diminished is size. Okay. And so, if I can see that a motherfucker can get separation or at least has sure hands and he has sure size, I can trust that guy to go up and go do his natural thing more often than a guy who just blows through coverage Okay. Nine times out of ten, if that makes sense. Yep, makes sense. So that's so like with Jonathan cool. Mingo and Marvin Mims, like as much as I love Marvin Mims, when I think about what he did during the you know, like to the Big Twelve conference compared to what Jonathan Mingo you know, he didn't necessarily do a shit ton, mm-hmm. but he had all the makings to be, you know, everyone compares him to AJ Brown and I kinda see it too. Yeah. You know, like if he could have just stayed healthy, which I mean, that could be a red flag to begin with. But nonetheless, I like Jonathan Mingo. My okay. number six, you're not gonna love this. What is it? Zay Flowers. That's hate, bro. I I got Zay Flowers. That's hate. Hey, it's, that's hundred percent hate. It's not a lot of hate because I think he is a good receiver. But like I said, I think this is a deeper class than what more people are saying. I think that this class does have a lot of people who I think towards the end of these rounds are, I think that Zay Flowers, if we're going to be real, he's probably going to be a first round pick. If not, he's going to get into the second. I think he could possibly squeeze into the first. Nonetheless, I think that he's going to be one of those guys that we think is, I I think everyone's a little too high on him right now. I'm flaming whoever you got at wide receiver five. Number five is my boy Josh Downs. I absolutely love Josh Downs, man. Hey, I've been high on this guy ever since we started this debate from the beginning of the year. What does Josh Downs do better than Zay Flowers? First of all, I think that he has a better in-traffic catch rate. I think that he... Like contested catches? Yes. And then when you're talking about these slot receivers who, yeah, they're both pretty fast, but they're also going to be going against... Uh, linebackers and safeties who are, are generally around the same, you know, speed zone as these guys. It's going to be dependent on who can actually get to the catch point first and actually make those catches. And I think that with Josh Downs, when we're talking about size, he has longer arms. And I think that those two inches that he has on his reach is going to make the difference in a lot of these catches in the NFL. You think he has a larger catch radius? He does. So he I has mean, more room for error. He, not necessarily room for error. I mean, I room just, for error from the quarterback, I guess. Sure, but I just think that, like, when you're talking about, like, when we're talking about like these zag routes or whatever you want to say, like, even like when you're running a slant, mm-hmm. like if you have a linebacker on you who might have stubbier arms, but you know is just as fast as you, like if you have just those longer arms that you're able to just go attack the ball a little quicker. Okay. It just makes a difference, in my opinion, and so that's why I have him at five. 
Okay. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think that Zay Flowers can make all those spectacular catches. I think he's a great prospect. And just to be just to be clear, you have Zay Flowers at six and Josh Downs at five. I do. Okay. And then I have my boy Jalen Hyatt, the second Tennessee Damn. wide receiver at four, because I think that all Why so all, early. I think he's a great prospect, dude. I mean, when we talk about Blenikoff winners and people who can actually go out there and show it, this is one of those guys who I think really made his money this year. Okay. I mean, yes, it came in a Tennessee office that was absolutely high octane. It was crazy. You can call it whatever you want. But when you talk about receiving weapons, this guy can go and do it all. Okay, I respect that. I just think that what we saw from this Tennessee offense, I don't think necessarily flaunted everything he can do. Mm. I think that he might be cleaner than what we think when it comes to the corner routes and when we come to, you know, whatever you want to go through, one through ten on the route tree. Okay. I think he can run it. I think that he's one of those guys that just wasn't able to flaunt it because when you look at a Cedric Tillman, who is a 6'3 monster on the other side, okay. you want a guy who's going to spread out the defense rather than, you know, run a fucking whatever you want. Do you have Cedric Tillman in your top 10? Yeah, I had him at you had 9. Him at, okay, I apologize. I had, had him, him at, at 10. 9. Okay, 9, yeah. 9. I had him at 9. Uh, Rasheed Rice was 10. Can you recap your yeah. 10 th- until now? Yeah, so, so far it's been Rasheed Rice. At 10. Okay. And then Cedric Tillman, nine. Marvin Mims at eight. Uh, seven was Jonathan Mingo. Six, Zay Flowers. Five, Josh Downs. Four, Jalen Hyatt. Three, Jordan Addison. That's going to be a big surprise to you again, Jahai. And I apologize. But I think at the end of the day, when it comes to size, I think he's a little lacking. And so I think that he can do everything else that everyone else can do. And I think he can do it at an elite level. But at the end of the day, when he gets to these prime defenders, I think he's going to be a little bit more bogged down than what he was seeing at the ACC level and when it comes to the Pac-12. I'm really happy that you guys are here to hear this podcast this week because this is going to go down to history as far as fantasy football with Gumbo. Next year when we talk about receivers... We're going to come back to this podcast episode and we're going to hear what we both thought about these guys as far as prospects. Goddamn right. If you are a longtime listener, I hope that you're following. I hope that you're, you know, keeping up with us on all of our social platforms. Uh, But as you can hear now, this is going to matter. This is going to be a recurring point. Rewind it if you need to. But I'm going to remember that you had Jordan Addison as your wide receiver three. Yeah. And if he's wide receiver one, I'm going to talk my shit. Hey, you can talk. I'm going to talk my shit. I'm going to talk about shit, Dugo. Hey, bro, you can do what you want, but I think that he's going to be number three, or at least right now. So we have to come back and say this again. These are all based upon our true rankings. This does not depend upon any sort of... We don't of, have landing spots. This is our pre-landing spots. So that, that is one thing that we do need yeah, to right. inquire or at least put into place. So you got to chill out. I think this is just based off of my sheer expectations off of... When it comes to what they've shown and what I believe that they can bring to the NFL level. Okay. My number two, Quentin Johnston. Again, based off of size, based off of his ability to have the speed, size. I mean, he's a huge body out there, man. I mean, he can end up being uh, literally anything that you want to be. I mean, my I can hope that he can end up being like a Larry Fitzgerald. 
if he can end up utilizing his whole body to catch. But at the end of the day, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think that he's going to be the two from this class. My issue with Quentin Johnson is that I feel like he needs those targets. I feel like he needs to be a target monster. Which but, I think could happen. Can yeah, it not? It could, because I think he's a first-round prospect. I think that he's someone who needs to see 8 to 10 targets a game. So his landing spot is going to be very important, I guess, for his fantasy prospects. Yeah, but. and I, he's sure-handed, though. So, I mean, if he gets those 10 targets a game, I mean, depending on his routes and everything like that, he could end up with eight catches a game. What makes him better than a guy like Josh Downs or Zay Flowers? Or his Jordan size, Tyson? at least in my opinion. the Because he, he can fill that X. There's not going to be too well, many receivers who come with about the, his size. Yeah, I mean, he can fill an X. He can block. And along with that, he has the ability to shield off those cornerbacks, those safeties, those linebackers, mm-hmm. more than you could say a Josh Downs. Like, he can literally go out there and box that motherfucker out. Mm-hmm. All right. You can't really say that against, like, a Josh Downs or a Zay Flowers, even a Jordan Addison. Yeah, you can't really hate on that guy. Well, I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is, like, if you have Allen Iverson out there and you have, you know, Kevin Durant going up for a layup, or if you have him going up for a rebound, which one would you rather have up there? Kevin Durant. Yeah, and all I'm yeah. saying is that I feel like this guy gives you that upside. Our all I'm saying is like, hey, like if you give him on like you know like a Jair Alexander, who yeah he's a scrappy motherfucker, but I mean if you just go off of sheer size and ability, if you just toss it up on him, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but he still as a great cornerback has a lot of fucking downfall when it comes to a jump ball in the end zone. Is Quentin Johnson better than Mike Williams as a prospect? Well, it, it's interesting as far as that upside because I feel like Mike Williams gives you a couple more routes, but all in all, from what I've seen from Quentin Johnson. I feel like he can do everything that you want. And as far as upside talent, I feel like he gives you at least that he gives you a balance. Like he's not going to go out and he's not going to go out and be like a 15 catch guy, but he also gives you that upside to where he has speed and he has physicality to where he can go out there. And if he gets you six catches, you think that one of them is probably going to go for a tutty. Yeah. So, I mean, all that to say is he Mike Williams? I don't think so, but he could possibly have a better upside, I guess. I mean, when I look at it from what I just said. Because mm-hmm. when you look at a Mike Williams who came into college, you know, out of Clemson, when you look at his historical fantasy record, I mean, the guy at one point was wide receiver 12. He's had other years where he was wide receiver 46. Yeah. Wide receiver 39, but also wide receiver 32 twice. And the reason I ask that question is because when you want to gauge Quentin Johnson against current NFL players, I'm not saying Mike Williams is his comp, per se, but, I mean, is he better than Mike Williams, who, you know, historically... It's neck and neck, I guess. I mean, like, when you're talking about raw prospects, but, I mean, we also don't know anything about what he's going to adapt to at the NFL level. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was also high on Traylon Burks, who I thought was going to going to adapt easily even though he had all those underlining possibilities of asthma and all this other shit so i mean i could be a little off on that but i do believe that quentin johnson all in all has all the ability to translate well into the nfl i mean i've seen nothing to give me other you know suggestions i just i feel like if you want to give him a comp yeah mike williams is possibly a good comp 
Mm-hmm. I just don't know if he's going to live up to, you know, him being Mike Williams without Keenan Allen and absolutely popping off. Yeah. And I'm sorry if I slowed down the conversation. No, guys. no, you're good. Don't but I like, I like want to play devil's advocate and I want to like really emphasize why we like these guys and why you yeah. should like them too. So I know you had uh, you had Quentin Johnson as your wide receiver too. Yeah, and then number one, obviously, JSN. I mean, I, I I don't know if I need to go down the rabbit hole in my whole discussion about this guy. You guys know why I love him. He is an absolute beast. He can run every tree at any fucking position. And all at the same time, he can do it if you want him to run it in the short field, midfield, and like Ja thinks he can't do, he can also run the fuck down the field and catch oh, passes too. He can track the ball like a center fielder out there, guys. He is a true one. He really is. He's going to be a number one in the slot position. And when you don't need the number one out there, guess what he's going to do? He's going to go do something else for your team because he's a fucking beast. Honestly, yeah, I agree with you. I think that those could all be viable guys and you know, I respect it. Um, but actually, speaking of wide receivers, let's, let's talk about another group of guys who are going to be catching passes from quarterbacks. Let's talk about tight ends. All right, bro. So they're catching passes. They're catching passes. They're blocking. Uh, they're lining up in different formations. They're versatile. And guess what, guys? They get you fantasy points to win a fucking championship. So don't downgrade these guys. This is the position where you can't find depth. So you need to draft well. Honestly... In this draft, though, there's a lot of depth. So if you do need to wait a little bit to get, you know, like a little bit of value, you know, listen to who we have on here because they might be available for you in the late fourth, fifth, and you can just at least have them on your taxi for at least a year until, you know, they pop out because they're suggested by Gumbo. Hey, bro. Dugo's an offensive line and tight end guy, so let me hear your one through five. All right, bro. Well, I actually got six for these motherfuckers. You got six, okay. I got six. So, number one, if we're going to talk about... So, we typically play in half PPR, you know, like those types of leagues. So, if you're talking about PPR leagues, I got Dalton Kincaid as my one, Sam Laporta as my two, Luke Musgrave as my three, Darnell Washington as my four, Michael Mayer, five. And that bonus sixth, Zach Kuntz. Why do you have Luke Musgrave above Darnell Washington? So, I mean, just if you want to look at their pure abilities, I think that uh, Luke Musgrave just has a little bit more of an agile finish to him. So, he's going to be one of those guys that if you need to flex out uh, tight end like in like a split set or something, or a split set, and if you need to, you know, if you switch roles... If you switch plays, if you want to just put a uh, tight end out there, you know, like just to give another offensive dynamic, I feel like Luke Musgrave is more of your cup of tea for that. I feel like Darnell Washington is going to be one of those guys who's playing more in line. Mm-hmm. He's going to be one of those guys who's going to probably be doing a lot more flats. I mean, every once in a while he might be running an out. He might be running some sort of fly. You know, he might do some of that, but a lot of it's going to be kind of short, intermediate stuff. But I think that the reason why I have him at four is because I think he has a lot of touchdown upside because of his size. I mean, if you look at how underutilized Jelani Woods was last year for the Colts, he wasn't utilized much, but he still had a decent amount of touchdowns. I believe he ended with three or four. 
So I feel like if you look at what uh, Darnell Washington could do in an offense that could utilize him, shit, he could end up with eight, nine, ten touchdowns if they actually utilize him, dog. I got similar rankings, but I got Darnell Washington way higher in my tight end rankings. All right, bro. Well, hit me with yours because my my, my first is Michael Mayer. Bro, I am I yeah. slap you right in the mouth. Yeah. Slap you right in the mouth, Whoa. Fred. I can't believe Michael Mayer, all-around guy, all-around blocker, great pass catcher, good route runner. But he's a guy who I think that can step into any offense and he can immediately be the second or third option in an elite passing offense. Uh, so I love having a versatile tight end. As Bro, somebody. you can't tell me this guy, if he gets drafted by the Eagles, that he's going to be the three behind. Why would the Eagles draft the tight end Okay, well, who are those? Okay, so like if he gets drafted. Imagine he goes to the Cowboys, or imagine he goes to the Chargers, or imagine he goes to a team like, I don't know, the Seahawks. I don't see it. I don't know. I think he's a dog. But Bro, Michael Mayer's like, Michael Mayer's my no. one. I, I right. gave you the respect. All right, all right, I gave on. you the respect. I'm gonna give you my top five. Michael Mayer's my one. Darnell Washington's my two. He's also a great blocker. Elite size. Great pass catcher. Okay. At three. Go ahead and give me my boy Dalton Kincaid. Who's a dog. Great okay. route runner. Pass catcher. Four, I got Luke Musgraves, a guy who you had at three, I believe. Yeah. Uh give me Luke Musgrave at four. And I'm going to go with Sam Laporta, who was recruited um, in an elite tight end class. Somebody who I think is very versatile. Yeah, I have him at like two, so. Yep, yep, yep. I, I got Sam Laporta as my five. Okay. Um, and so, once again, my first is Michael Mayer. Second is Darnell Washington. My third is Dalton Kincaid. My fourth is Luke Musgrave. And my fifth, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Laporta. That's crazy, dog. I don't know. I feel like you're kind of sleeping. But I mean, I get it though. If 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 I'm gonna keep it a buck with you, I get it. I really do. I mean, if you're playing, you know, like the butcher's choice, if you want to be, you know, like a cookie cutter league, I'm probably following. That's the hate. Hive. That's hate. That's but hate. That's 100 hate. But if I'm looking for upside, if I'm looking for motherfuckers who are gonna make my team good, I probably look for my tight ends. If I'm gonna keep Whoa. it a buck. Whoa! Hey, Why are hey. your tight ends better than mine? Who are? Uh, I just specialized feel like my, and ranked by pass catching. Hey, I just feel like they have higher receiving upside. Truly, like, if you look at Dalton Kincaid compared to Michael Mayer as far as who's going to be out there more often for receiving ability, yep. Dalton Kincaid is going to be out there more often than not. I mean, he's not going to possibly be that Where'd sure-handed blocker. Where'd you have Kincaid right? Yeah, he's my one for a receiving upside tight end. So he's your one as a tight end? Yeah. Okay. I got to miss three. And my, then my I biggest feel, reason is just the blocking. Well, my biggest thing, I don't know, man. Like I can understand that, but I think that if you look at him as a peer receiver, he he could be damn near like receiver, yeah. he could be like the number five receiver in this class if he was like a peer receiver. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, Sam Laporta, I think you're absolutely sleeping on guys. If you're out there, if you're just like bored at work, just twiddling your thumbs, go look at some Sam Laporta. You know, don't even look at his film because Iowa underutilized the fuck out of this guy. But just go look at him for a bit. You know, think about, oh, wow, he actually does look like he's pretty smooth out there. Go look at his combine film. Go look at that stuff where he's actually out there being loosey-goosey, doing his thing rather than just, you know, in an inline tight end role at Iowa. 
Yeah, he can block the fuck out of people. He went to Iowa. But guess what? He might be one of the best yak tight ends out of this class. He's speedy. He is that guy. I think that I've been sleeping on him a little bit more than I should have the last few weeks. So that's why I think that you guys are sleeping on him. So look for Sam Laporta. Not necessarily early when you come to these rookie drafts. But hey, look for him in the fourth, even third round. Because I think he's going to be that guy for you if you need a tight end. Is that third or fourth round in like a one quarterback league? Yeah, that's like one quarterback, 10, one quarterback, 12 10 team. team yeah, something like that. You know, like or, something where, you know, it's not the end of the world. But you, you definitely want this guy for some depth. He's definitely going to be a little bit better than... You know, what I thought Jack, uh, Jake Ferguson was going to be. And I think he has a lot of upside right now, too. I mean, yeah. I mean, Sam Laporta was one of those guys who I think is a better prospect than he is a NFL draft potential. Because I think that he has the potential to be a great receiving tight end. He has somebody. He's somebody who I think could be a great hybrid. But he's not going to get as much clout, as much notoriety as other guys like a Michael Mayer or a Darnell Washington or a Dalton Kincaid because this is such a deep tight end class. It is. And so Sam Laporta is someone that I like. I think that he has a bright future. Uh, but while we're talking about, I guess, more shallow positions, let's talk about quarterbacks before we get into running backs. Uh, so let's talk about our top five quarterbacks who we like from this draft class. And I guess, do you want to start or should yeah. I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can start with this shit. Okay. So uh, I'll start from uh, I'll start from the top. So not a lot of people have been liking this one lately. I mean, a lot of people have been talking a lot of shit because, you know, I mean, there's been some tests that came out, this and that. But yo, I still got CJ Shaw as my one dog. Wow. Hey, I still do. I'm gonna ride or die with this guy. I think that he's gonna be the one who kind of breaks that uh, Ohio State University quarterback curse. I mean. Okay. When you look at everything that he does, I mean, it just spells winner to me. Okay. I just like what he does. I think that he was one of the reasons why uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave were able to flourish their talents. And obviously, they have been one of those people, or they have been people who have shown their ability to flourish in the NFL as well. I think that this guy is going to be one of those guys who follows in their footsteps. I really do. I like CJ Stroud a lot. I, I love him. You know, I really do. Okay. I think that uh, he's... And so, the reason why I like him more than my number two, who everyone else has as their, as their number one, is Bryce Young, is because of the size. I just... At, at this point, dog, it's been too many times where I've seen a motherfucker like Kyler Murray, Tua, who have been a little bit smaller of a quarterback, and they just take too big of a hit or I mean like it, yeah like some of them just take like kind of like tweak injuries or whatever and it just ends up being a lot bigger than what it is mm-hmm. but nonetheless like I feel like that just doesn't happen a lot more with I don't know like with bigger quarterbacks like I feel like they're just able to withstand a little bit more damage out there and so with that I want the guy who you know, ultimately is a little thicker out there as far as the body and is with is going to be able to withstand more punishment, especially if I'm trying to get fancy points from this guy and I need this guy to be out there for a week and I'm not sure if I want to start this guy or the other motherfucker that I have in my lineup, you know. Okay. So that's just why I would much rather have this guy 
Especially, I mean, for just like a longevity process, I, I just don't know how many hits that Bryce Young will be able to take and, you know, get up from, I guess, like... Is Bryce Young your QP2? He is my two. I mean, just based off of pure ability. I mean, if he is able to withstand all the damage and everything, I mean, he has all the upside in the world. Yeah. I mean, when everyone says that, oh, like, he's the Steph Curry, this or that, like, it kind of looks like it. You know, like, if you want to look at it from that point of view, like... They aren't wrong. Like, he has, like, a lot of those, like, wild throws and stuff like that. And, I mean, he's able to shift through the pocket. But it's just a lot of those times when he's shifting through the pocket, yes, those were SEC pockets, all right? So he had really good linemen, and they had really good linemen coming against them. But it's going to be still a little faster in the NFL. And so, I mean, those half seconds that he was able to get, in the, you know, in college – is it, you know, going to happen in the NFL more often than not? Who knows? You know, mm-hmm. it, it depends. So I'm just a little more hesitant on that just because, I mean, yes, he's able to be loosened enough to get out of the pocket, hopefully, but it's just the durability factor to me, and I'm just a little hesitant on that. Number three, it, it's going to be the guy who I think has the most rushing upside from this class, and that's... Um, you know, Anthony Richardson. AR-15, baby. AR-15, dog. You know who it is. I honestly think that at some point this guy might actually be a one. I'm I'm pretty high on this guy. I think that okay. he... I mean, I wouldn't doubt if he lands at a really good spot. If he ends up being some people's number one quarterback out of this class. Would you prefer if he landed with the Colts or if he landed with the Seahawks? You know, if I'm going to look longevity-wise... I'd honestly probably say Seahawks, but I like those weapons he has in like a DK and the Tyler Lockett exactly. and Kenneth Walker. Yeah, he compared has compared to lo- the Colts who have Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. Yeah, but I feel like with the new Colts offense mm-hmm. that we haven't seen yet, obviously, yeah. and they have a new coach, Shane Steichen, I think is the new yeah he's uh, head Shane coach Steichen, and so he was a part of the Eagles organization. He was on the Pat McAfee show this week, and he said that, or last week, and said that he doesn't think that his offense is going to be much like uh, the one that they ran for the Eagles, but he wants to have his twists and turns. Yeah. And so he can he at, least, his. at least from that, like I can assume that he at least wants his quarterback to be at least mobile and not just a statue in the pocket. Because okay. Jalen Hurts wasn't a statue in the pocket. And so I at least know that he wants to at least have that wrinkle. And okay. so I wouldn't be – I at least I don't think what you would say, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that Anthony Richardson is drafted at number four if it's the Colts drafting there. Or I still think that they could draft up to two if they were to do – if they were to propose that DeForest Buckner – trade i honestly think that they would go for it and i think that the colts would be getting off of a much needed contract along with that they're adding you know their number one weapon who could be cj Stroud. but i digress i'm gonna keep going out with my list mm-hmm. so number four i think that hurt on hooker is the better prospect between him and uh, Will Levis. You got Hooker above Will Levis? I have. In terms of fantasy rankings? Yeah, I got Hooker as my four, and then Will Levis as my five. Why do you have Hooker above Levis? So he's not going to play this year, unfortunately. I mean, he has a torn ACL. Hooker isn't? 
Yeah. Okay. So when did he tear his ACL? It was towards like the later part of this past year. Okay. I, for, I, I, I think it was in like November. So, yeah, it was kind of, like, in that, like, iffy spot of, like, but, like, nonetheless, he's not going to play this next year. He could go on, like... I mean, maybe, like, if they need, like, some... Yeah, he's going to be pup for sure. But, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like he's going to be at that point to where, like, once he comes into that next year, he's going to be extremely icy. And so, that's why I think that if he lands on a place like the Titans or something... Okay. I think that it would be extremely icy because... Ryan Tannehill could kind of show him the ropes for a year. No. You know, Ryan Tannehill also knows at that same point that well, he doesn't have direct competition for a year. Let me ask you a but, question, though. What's up? Uh, what happens if Will Levis gets drafted ahead of Hendon Hooker? Are you still taking Hendon Hooker above Will Levis? Well, or? again, at that point, it depends on landing spot and everything like that. But if I'm going off of pure ability and what I've seen, what I've seen from this past year is Hendon Hooker absolutely ripped apart the SEC and Will Levis played in the same conference and did absolutely shitty, in my opinion. If so Will, I'm going to go with Hendon Hooker 10 times out of 10 when it comes to that. If Will Levis ends up on the Raiders and Hendon Hooker ends up on the Giants, who are you taking? Hendon Hooker. Okay. Solid. I can respect it. I can see where you're coming from. Because if he's more ready to go, you know, entering his NFL career... And if Will Levis is just going to be what Will Levis is. Hey, bro, at least right now where it stands with, with my – at least where it stands with my team, what I need right now isn't necessarily a quarterback that can start this year, but for years to come. And if I can see that the Giants are building, a, you know, a pass-heavy offense like they're adding with, you know, Darren Waller, if they were to get a guy like Jordan Addison to add to the receiving core – and then if they were to add someone who can absolutely toss the rock with Hendon Hooker, I, I yeah, I think they're fucking back. Oh! Okay. So, oh, that's all I'm saying, guys, is, yeah, if they start adding to the mix, and especially with Brian Dable just being an absolute dog, mm-hmm. I think that they're going okay. to be a good team for years to come. Uh, I'm gonna give you guys my top five as far as quarterbacks go, and I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna go right through it. Wait, wait, back up for a second. What's up? Do you actually think that Hendon Hooker to the Giants is a real thing? Oh yeah. Really? They signed Daniel Jones to a contract. It's a two to three year contract. Nothing crazy. You know Hendon Hooker may not play his first year. You get him in on year two when Daniel Jones is probably maxed out as far as the contract goes. Because obviously what is being added on right now is his extension. So I think he has like one more year of his rookie contract. Well, bro, like one of the things of being attached to a QB is that you have to kind of make those years go for years and years to I come. I think essentially him signing like a three-year deal per se is just an extension. Because he okay. already has one year, I believe, eligible. I'm not sure how that works. But long story less long, I got Hendon Hooker healing up this year. Coming in the year after, uh... You know, providing competition at camp. Okay. He's shown that he's a viable QB2 at worst. And if Daniel Jones ain't what they thought he was, then they have a guy who they drafted, who they're paying a rookie salary to, that they can put in and, you know, see if he has anything. The Giants are a conservative franchise similar to the Packers, and they're not go, they are not they ain't go wild out and, like, just go draft some motherfucker, like, top 10 who, like, has all of this exhilarating upside. They're going to be conservative. They're going to keep somebody in-house, and they're going to train them and see what they can do. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right, so let's go ahead and let's uh let's ju- go with my top five quarterbacks, baby. Let's go. Yeah, let's dive into Jahiah. QB one through QB five. Yep. QB one, I got Bryce Young. Oh, okay. Bryce Young, I got QB one because I think he goes at the top of the NFL draft. Okay. I think that Bryce Young is someone who is just immaculately talented. So quarterback. I, so Jahiah, this a ton was. Of upside. So, Jahiah, this was supposed to be without landing spots. So, without landing spots, even if C.J. Stroud were to go one, you would still you would still rank Bryce, Bryce Young. Young. 100%. Okay. Sounds because good. I just wanted to make that. He was just more productive, bro. Like, when you got three years of evidence and you can tell that Bryce Young was the most productive quarterback out of this entire class, I mean, he is what he is. And so, Bryce Young is my one uh, C.J. Stroud is my two as, in terms of fantasy football. Sure enough. My three is Anthony Richardson because he has his rushing upside. I've contemplated, you know, switching Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud out of my QB2. More so because with the Anthony Richardson, if you get 60 rushing yards a game. So if Anthony Richardson is getting 60 yards per game, he's somebody who runs a 4-4-40. He is big as fuck. He looks like a linebacker. Uh, if you get somebody who can rush for 60 yards a game, similar to like a Lamar Jackson. Who would you comp him to exactly? There is no comp. The closest comp is maybe Cam Newton. What are your thoughts on like a Josh Allen comp to him? There is no Josh Allen comp because I don't, I, I think he has a strong arm, but Josh Allen is a once in a generation player. Sure. But I mean, if you look at, I mean, one of the biggest things that Josh Allen had as far as, uh, you know, like his... One of his downfalls, I said, was his accuracy. Okay. And I feel like one of the things that they bring to uh, Anthony Richardson's attention, again, is his accuracy. But nonetheless, he has a very strong arm that they say, and same with the Josh Allen, but he also had rushing upside. Listen, same with the other. Through, so, the, through the history of NFL quarterbacks, we have seen guys who are fast, who are mobile, and who have strong arms. Josh Allen is a once-in-a-generation player. Josh Allen is an alien. His development was unique to him as an individual. Okay. There are no other Josh Allens. So when you look at an Anthony Richardson, his closest comp is maybe a Cam Newton. Somebody who can throw and complete 55 to 60% of his passes. Somebody who is uniquely just bigger than all of the other quarterbacks. And someone who's, you know, uniquely fast for his size. Okay. And when I look at Anthony Richardson, I kind of see that. But in today's game, in today's, you know, modern age, you need to be able to throw and complete some passes. And I'm not saying that Anthony Richardson is a bad quarterback. I'm not saying he doesn't have the capability of, you know, uh, completing a bunch of passes. But when you look back to even his high school career, every year he typically, if you look back to his high school career, he's very much a rushing threat. He's more of a rushing threat than he's ever been a passing threat. His highlight is his innate size and his innate ability to go ahead and run for 50, 60, 70 yards per game. And looking at Anthony Richardson, I think that C.J. Stroud can go ahead and be that prototypical quarterback who can fulfill most offensive coordinators' dreams, most of their strategies, most of what they want to utilize and implement. Yeah, I I mean... I think that Anthony Richardson is somebody who he just has to fall into the perfect system. And so... After landing spots, we might have a different outcome as to where I have Richardson ranked. Sure. But as a prospect, I mean, T.J. Stroud is going to be 
he's going to be able to fit into way more offenses, which is why he's my QB too. No doubt. And so I do apologize for interrupting you there. But what I was going to say is with Richardson, I mean, I feel like the most, you know, impressive uh, throwing performance that we've ever seen from him, at least consistency, was unfortunately like his pro day and the combine. Other than that, we've never really seen him as much of a consistent passer, unfortunately. So, I mean, that's that's just my biggest thing as far as, like, when it comes to, like, the NFL is, like, if he is able to work on that, like, Josh Allen was able to, mm-hmm. then I could definitely see him as more upside than, you know, both C.J. Stroud and, you know, Bryce Young because I just feel like with his body and with his durability, when he's able to go out and run – yeah. I mean, it just adds those extra things to the mix where you can't get that. Yep. But as it stands right now, you know, like, I mean, that's probably why the same reason you have him as a three He's is my QB those three. accuracy reasons and yeah. everything. But go on with your 100%. four through five. So my QB one is Bryce Young. My QB two is CJ Stroud. My QB three is Anthony Richardson. Yep. My QB four is Hendon Hooker. Okay, so, okay, same as me. Hell I yeah. like Kendall Hooker because I think that, once again, he's somebody who can complete passes, who can execute an offense. He reminds me a lot of, uh, like, a Jacoby Brissett type of oh, quarterback. Oh, yikes, okay. It's not super crazy, but if you get a QB4 in a draft class who ends up being productive in the NFL, he's going to have Jacoby Brissett, like, Geno Smith type of production. And so he's not going to be like a top 10 guy. He might not even be a top 15 guy, but he's someone who can step into an offense. He can prove to be productive. He can execute a game plan and he's not going to make too many mistakes, but he also isn't going to have like this incredible upside. And so that's why I got Hendon Hooker as my QB4. I think I will love us as my QB5 because I just don't believe in the guy. I think that he's going to make a ton of mistakes. I personally So don't. why do you have him as your five then? Like why don't you have someone else like uh Tanner McKee or Because something? he has draft capital that these other guys aren't gonna get. Okay. Okay. So he's gonna have top ten, top fifteen, maybe top twenty NFL draft capital. So when people say that there's like uh like let's say like the the over under for QBs in the first round was three and a half, you think that the three or there's gonna be four. Hendon Hooker is gonna be a first round. You pick. think that the four would be Hendon Hooker rather 100%. than Will Levis? Hundred percent. That's fair. Hundred percent. I honestly think that it'd probably be Will Levis just because he would be able to play day one, and Hendon Hooker. I mean, with his ACL, I just feel like there would be some teams who think that they could trade up to the you know to the thirty second overall pick with the Bears and be so, like, yo, we want Hendon Hooker. Just to recap, teams that might need quarterbacks after the top 15. At 16, I got the Commanders. At 19, I got the Buccaneers. At 20, I got the Seattle Seahawks. At 22, I got the Ravens, who might sign Lamar. At 25, I got the Giants. 26, I got the Cowboys, if you want to back up outside of Dak. Okay. 29, I got the Saints. Yep. And that's around six to seven teams right there who could potentially use a QB1 down the line. That's fair, yeah. So I think Kenneth Hooker goes first round. If you guys have the option to bet the over on three and a half quarterbacks, please go do that and please go make some money and please shout out us and please shout us out on Twitter at the Gumbo Pod. Thank you very much. And last but not least, we want to go ahead and talk about the most important position. We want to talk about the position that you guys have been listening to us from the get go as we started to scout. Hell yeah! We want to talk about the position that can make or break a fantasy dynasty. 
Baby, we're going to get into our top 10 running backs for the Fantasy Football League. It's alive! My name is Ja. This is Dugo. This is dedicated to the top 10 guys that me and Dugo love that we think can make a difference for your team. And Dugo, I want you to kick this baby off, baby. Let's go. RB1, who's yours? Hey, bro. It, it's the unanimous one, unfortunately. No no screaming wows at the top, but I got my boy Bijan. The Dijon Robinson. Robinson. He, he's the guy that everyone loves. I mean, how can't you? Yep. I mean, he, he's just that guy. Yep. Uh, shall, shall I keep going? Keep going, baby. One through ten. All right. Number two, this might be a shock. I got my boy Tajay Spears. What? You got Tajay Spears ahead of Jameer Gibbs? I do. At this point, I really do. I didn't know that was coming, ladies and gentlemen. You got to explain that to me. Why do you have Tajay Spears as your RB2? Because I think he has more rushing upside. I truly do. I mean... It, it goes back. Everyone's gonna call me crazy for this. Yeah, you're crazy. This is a. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when you look at what this guy is able to do out there on the field, as far as when he cuts, when he fucking do his, does his shit, he can catch the ball better than any running back in this class. He can rush the ball goddamn better than Bijan. Dugo, he played at Tulane. Hey, bro. Who did he play in college? Hey, bro. Well, this Tulane team ended up being as. Or they beat USC, which was headed up by Caleb Williams, who was the Heisman winner. And they only won because of Tajay Spears. Please tell me Jameer Gibbs is your RB3. Oh, yeah. That's a no doubt. Okay. It's a no doubt. Yeah. I got Jameer Gibbs then. And then my four, I mean, is Devin A. Chain. I got him. You know, I feel like he does have that extra gear in his chain where he's able to run over people the same way that, not necessarily the same way that Zach Charbonnet can, but as far as, like, you know, if he gets head up on someone, I feel like he does have enough leg power to at least, like, get over a safety, get over a cornerback. So if he goes on, like, a flat or something, he's not going to be left in the water. Okay. But at the same point, I also think that he also has that 4-3 speed that can outblast any fucking linebacker. So I think that... And I think he just has that durability. I mean, you look at him, he's 5'9", 180, 190, whatever it might be. But this guy is going to be one of the premier runners in this in this class. I think that he could end up being, I mean, quite possibly like the Aaron Jones of this class if you want to run it down to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So number five following that, I, I got a guy that you really love is Kendra Miller. Wow. I got Kendra Miller as my five. So, I love him. I mean, for the same reasons you love him. I mean, he's a pure rusher. He is, when you look at him, his size, his BMI is everything that you're looking for. His speed is there. He has all those things that you're looking for. And he led a team to the fucking national championship. 17 touchdowns on a national championship team is impressive. It really is, dude. It showed that he was one of those guys that was the staple of that team. So I really like this guy. I think that once he lands onto a team, it's really going to determine where he lands as far as our draft capital. Mm-hmm. But if we're looking at pure draft prospect, I think that he's my five. If you're somebody who laces him up every morning, if you're somebody who works eight hours a day, if you're somebody who takes pride in what you do as a work profession and you grind your 40-plus hours a week, you will love Kendra Miller. 
I promise you. He's definitely one of those rough no rough neck backs that really he gives you everything that you want. Like he he'll do everything for you. He fights for everything. He does. If you enjoy getting your shit the hard way, you will love Kendra Miller. I like that you have him at five. I have him not too far off. Hell yeah. I'll give you my rankings after Dugo finishes, but who do you have as RB6? Yeah, so six, that's where I got Zach Charbonnet. I mean, with his size, his abilities, I still think that he's going to be one of the better backs in this class. I just think that there's premier talent ahead of him. Number seven, Tanks Bigsby. I mean, when you look at what he did with the SEC, I think that he has a lot to gain once he gets to NFL class where – you know, once he has some NFL linemen ahead of him, he will probably be able to break out some more runs like he showed at Auburn. Okay. Number eight, I got Zach Evans. Wow. I do think that I could switch him up with another guy here. You know, I'm going to do it quick. I'm going to make a quick audible. What's your audible? Who's your RB7? My RB7 was Tank Bigsby. Number eight is going to be uh, Dwayne McBride. Love that. I'm going to put Dwayne McBride up at eight. I think that this guy, when you look at what he's able to do, whatever he did at UAB, that's the University of Alabama, Birmingham. All right. You probably never heard of him. They have a fucking dragon as their mascot. But this guy was the do-it-all back there, and he fucking ran over every motherfucker there. The last motherfucker to come out of there that was notable, Joe Webb. All right. Look it up. I didn't need to. I already knew it. Woo! All right. This team doesn't have much going on, but when they do, they have motherfuckers like that. I like Dwayne McBride a lot. My number nine is going to be Sean Tucker. I saw that this motherfucker put up 29 reps as a 225 bench press. That's impressive as shit as a running back. Got to give that guy props. I think he's coming off of an injury as well, so that might be why some people are shading him. Love Tucker. Number 10, Zach Evans. This guy is one of those backs that can do it all. I didn't love that he got chased out of TCU. Ended up going to, I believe it was Old Miss. Didn't have a terrible season. Just wasn't as great as what everyone was doing at TCU. I mean, Zach Evans, one of those guys who can probably go into the NFL, be one of those you know backs that you can get to be a number two. Hopefully, I, don't know, I bet he probably gets drafted in like the fourth round, I assume. I don't know, Joe. I feel like that probably wraps up my top ten there. Do you have anything that you kind of have, like, any, like, gripes on? Or do you want to kind of just jump right into your top ten? I respect that. I love the fact that you included Dwayne McBride because he's somebody who's going to also make my rankings. Oh, hell yeah, dog. And you know what? You guys have been great. You've been amazing. You've stuck with us now for about an hour. So, for respect for your time, I'm going to go ahead and list my one through ten as far as running backs go. Cool. This is, once again, probably the position I've spent the most time scouting. And at one, no surprise, I've got B. John Robinson. No way. Shock the nation. Elite at every category. Weight, elite. Height, elite. Pass catching, good. Rushing grade, elite. Speed score, great. He's my one. But at a close one, too, I got Jameer Gibbs. Okay. Jameer Gibbs has the potential to, to potentially be better than B. John Robinson as a fantasy football what? running back. No, dude. B. B. John Robinson has the potential to not be as good as Jameer Gibbs because Jameer is probably going to be a running back who is encapsulated inside of the passing game, who gets a ton of passing receptions, who could go in, out and get four to five to six receptions per game. 
And in the instance that his team is up, he can also get rushing. So I think that he's somebody who could make for a lot of explosive plays. And that three, I got Zach Sharp and A, guys. I'm typical. I'm very average. I'm like your favorite fantasy football analyst. My one is Bijan, my two is Jameer, and my three is Zach Charbonnet, who I think has the size, who has the speed, who has the pass-catching ability. Not a wishbone in your body, bro. To be James Conner 2.0. Who you got at the four? Kendra Miller. Finally, someone like No! No! He's a dog. Finally, someone that you can actually take a 17 risk touchdowns, on. baby. Yo. Uh, went to a national championship. He's a guy who has a ton of size, who has a ton of potential, who has a ton of strength, and performed when his number was called upon in college. Kendrick Miller is someone who I think needs a lot more highlights. He needs a lot more attention. He, he is my RB4, but I think he could crack the top three. After a couple of years out on the field, Correct. his landing spot's gonna matter a lot. By the yeah. time we talk to you guys next week, we will know what team Kendra Miller is a part of. But we want you guys to follow us on Twitter at the Gumbo Pod and let us know. We posted a poll as of tonight asking you, where does Kendra Miller rank as far as a future running back? Is he RB1? Is he RB2? Is he RB3 material? Or is he RB4 and beyond? Let and us know. This is in the retrospect of a 10-team, one-quarterback league. But I got Kendra Miller as my RB4. At RB5, I got Devin A. Chan. You know, the speed beast, the demon, the dog. Is the guy who played for Texas A&M. He ran behind a halfway decent offensive line. ton of explosive plays. I think his best comp in terms of fantasy football was Chris Johnson. I mean, that's what some motherfuckers are saying. From the Titans, which, I mean, I don't think... I think Devin A-Chain, if he's given the workhorse potential, I mean, yeah, shit, he could probably run for, like, 1,500 yards. I just... I didn't know when Josh joined the NFL Combine. I didn't know there was another demon oh, in the mix. No. Oh, no. 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 Dude, you called them a demon. Wait, wait, wait. But speaking of demons and speaking of guys who can outperform NFL expectations, let's talk about Sean Tucker. My RB6 coming out of Clemson, what? baby. No, no, no. My RB6 coming out of Syracuse. Sean Tucker's a guy who has the potential what? to crack the top three. He could crack the top four. He could be Austin Eckler 2.0. But the main concern that I have with Sean Tucker is his consistent pass-catching ability. Can this guy consistently catch five to six to seven targets out of the backfield? Will this guy stand up and pass protection? Will this guy be a monster when his team needs him to be a monster and stand in on third downs when the game is on the line? I don't know if he can do that. It he, sounds like a lot of question marks. It's a lot of questions, which is why I have Sean Tucker as my RB6. With a lot of upside, obviously. But Roshan Johnson's my RB7, baby. Ooh. Okay. He's big. He's six foot. Roshan okay. Johnson is two nineteen. He ran a four five nine forty. He's a halfway decent pass catcher. He's a halfway no. He's a fucking elite rusher compared to this draft class. But the issue with Roshan Johnson is that I don't think he's going to get that day one or day two draft capital. Which obviously, once again, after Friday, after Saturday, and after Sunday, we'll have a consensus and we'll know where he lands. But Roshan Johnson is a guy whose physical ability. Could push him into top RB7, top RB8 territory just because of his longevity at the position in real life NFL football. You bring that guy into your offense, he's gonna be your proto, he's gonna be your RB1 prototype for the next 
three, four, five years. RB8, Zach Evans. RB9, Deuce Vaughn. RB10, Dwayne McBride. I have Dwayne McBride as my prospect who could, you know, rise up the ranks. But we got to see where he lands. Uh, Dugo, what do you think about those rankings? I mean, like, there's some stuff that's pretty questionable. Like, I don't think that I heard, like, a Zach Evans, so I don't know if you're just extremely down on him or what's going on with that. But, I mean... Zach Evans was my RB8. He was. I thought I heard... Deuce Vaughn was my RB9. Okay. And Dwayne McBride was my RB10. Uh, so I guess like just, you know, hearing that, I mean, are there any guys that you would put in different positions? Are there guys that you like think are just crazy to be as high or as low as they are? Not really as crazy. Like, I guess like I respect your opinion on all those. I mean, I really do. At the end of the day, like those are all pretty decent, I guess. Like, I don't know if I necessarily have Deuce up there that high just because of his size alone. I mean, like, when you look at him and when you look at his college production, he has done some stuff. I mean, let's not let out the fact that he did outrun the whole Alabama defense on, I mean, it was like a simple sweep and he just outran the whole defense. So, like, let's not leave out that fact. But at the same time, was that just, like, one of those things that probably would never happen if you schemed it up in in an NFL defense? Who's to say... He is a good prospect, though. Let's not fuck on the guy. He's already six. Oh, yeah. The guy's already five six. He doesn't need oh, enough yeah. eight. <laughs> but uh, we got right. the NFL draft on Thursday. Yo, night. I am go. hyped up about that. Let's I really go. am. I am kind of nervous, though. We didn't really get into the Packers shit. I think we should probably do a different episode. No, nah, fuck that. it. We're here. We're already an hour and eight minutes in. If y'all are still here, we love you. Hey, you are dedicated. We respect you. We owe you. Yo, we, uh, you're the real ones. If you hit us with the follow on Twitter at the Gumbo Pot, uh, we promise that if you DM us a question, Whatever you say, we'll broadcast on next week's episode. Hey, and even if some fuck shit, we'll still try to answer we'll, it. We'll shout it out regardless of what you say. We'll give you a shout out with your Twitter username. Uh, but the Packers did trade Aaron Rodgers today, Dugo. Yeah, it hasn't gone official official yet, but it looks like it's pretty much in the bag. It looks like the Packers are moving up a couple spots to 13. They are acquiring a second round pick this year. Mm-hmm. And I believe they're also getting a a sixth round pick, and then they're getting a second round pick next year that could possibly turn into a first. Yep. If Rodgers plays, you know, a certain amount of picks or yep. a, a certain amount of plays that year. Yeah. I got it pulled up on my phone. I'll give you guys the full breakdown. Hell yeah, bro. So the Jets get Aaron Rodgers. Ugh. They get the Packers' original pick 15. Okay. And the Jets also get a 2023 fifth-round pick. But the Packers got the haul. The Packers got the deal. They moved up two picks to get the Jets' pick 13. They got their 2023 second pick, and that's the 42. They got a sixth-round pick. And they got a conditional 2024 second-round pick from the Jets. That turns into a first if Aaron Rodgers plays all of the snaps at quarterback through Week 10. 65% 65% of the snaps. So, through 10 weeks of NFL football. Crazy. What do you think the Packers finish as within the NFC North? Do you think that they are the first, the second, the third, or the fourth team next year? I mean, realistically, I think they probably end as second. I really do. I mean, like, I feel like... Behind who? I would say probably the 
the Lions, if I gotta be real. Like, I think that the Lions are really coming on the come up right now. I think that the Vikings are gonna take a step back with them losing a couple of veterans and their defense. I mean, their defense last year was already pretty shitty, so I mean, losing those veterans like Eric Hendricks and stuff, I don't think that's gonna age well. Um... Yeah, so I think that the Vikings are going to take a step back this year. I think the Packers are going to end up being like, I would assume, probably like a 9-9 nine and nine team. Uh, if, yeah, probably 9-9. Nine and nine. I think that's possible. Or 8-9 and nine or whatever. 9-8. and eight. Yeah, whatever it is. Because uh, they were 8-9 last year, I guess. Yeah, so yeah, I think they'll probably end about the same. I think that, you know, the addition of Jordan Love being their starter is going to add to some uh, promising, you know, promising blue skies for the Packers. But for this year, I don't think it's going to necessarily be uh, the start that we want. Do you have Christian Watson as a top 25 wide receiver Uh, with Jordan Love? Let's just just get through the draft process with before we get into all that that's fair speaking of the draft we appreciate you guys for tapping in with us so long we love you we will talk to you after the nfl draft uh dugo are we doing a draft spectacular this weekend are we going to be doing some live streaming uh tap in with us we might just live uh live pick it you know on twitter and just say what our opinions are uh we'll let you know exactly as full stream because i mean there's a lot of other stuff going on in our lives as well folks Twitter user name is at gumbo underscore pod. We appreciate you guys for tapping in with another episode. My name is Ja. Hey, it's Duke over here. Appreciate y'all. Peace.